Welcome to According to John. Today, oh, the Duke Meister. Today, we are going to be talking about generational sin. Or oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, Johnny. Generational curses. It's in our faces, pastors, broken people coming, and they... They grew up in a mess, and they bring messes in. Oh, we need Jesus. Dude. But you know what? Jesus is greater than all this uh, stuff. But we got a it's, it's, it's heaviness. It's kind of a heaviness. It is. Uh, and uh, you and I are examples of the grace of God. Yes. Be, because we have some generational stuff. We'll just be sharing that with with our, our audience here. And um, uh, we, we just celebrate the victory we have in Jesus. And we believe <laughs> that he can fix people. <laughs> and so we're willing to get our hands dirty. Well, you know, and that's the thing. It, without Jesus, well, I'm just, you know what? Without Jesus, we're all screwed, man. <laughs> I don't even know how else to say help it us. anymore. Help us, help us. And, you know, I'm not even trying to be politically correct. Uh, I, I don't, I, just, okay, are you ready? I'm I, ready. I'm going to say, all right, as according to John audience, and I'm, I'm I'm very transparent, Duke. You know that. Oh, I I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, I told Duke. As a matter of fact, my prayer was before this started that I'd have the right spirit mm-hmm. and the right heart. It's okay to be mad at the devil. Yeah. Mad at sin. Mad at this world. And mad that people that we love are hurting and we want to help them and that's what this podcast yeah. is all about because that's where i'm at and the people our listeners you're going through all this stuff too just right. like we did but there's victory in jesus and we want to yeah. really focus on our victory in jesus yeah. and victory nowhere else exactly well and, and here's the thing guys listen this is a three-part episode so each part may only go 35 minutes because we're covering very specific questions on generational sin or generational curses. And so we're going to start with what does the Bible say about generational curses? Uh, And how this question came about was I had a friend of mine contact me on Facebook messenger and said, Hey, uh, John, do you think you can do a podcast on generational curses? sin because they adopted a child and raised the child in a very loving, godly home. This couple is fantastic, man. I love them to death. And yet the adopted child has decided to go their own way. And it was, that's a legit question to go, Hey, because you know, um, you know, is this adopted child dealing with a generational curse. Yeah. And I said, well, you know what? That is a great topic and it was a great question. And then as I was studying it out, because I could easily answer, I could, matter of fact, I could go to one verse and answer it. And it's Deuteronomy 24, 16. Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> We're all accountable individually, but there's been influences. Oh. We're going to try to balance that, our responsibility, yeah. and yet that ungodly 
influence, but you know, that's a two way street. There's yes. two sides of that coin. There's the godly influence. Uh, Paul talked about Timothy and your mom and your grandma, yeah. and there didn't seem to be any men in the, in that picture, in that story. Maybe they, they were deceased. We don't know. Maybe right. they abandoned them. But or that, maybe they were not, there was no godliness in them because Paul made it very clear. Timothy, you were taught the things of I'm God. Your dad, kind yeah. Of, kind of yeah. like I'm your dad. But he talked about his godly grandma, his mm -hmm. godly uh, mama, and now yeah. that, that has been your blessing. You have a heritage. So uh, there's a, a positive and a negative side of right. this. But the principles are the same. Right. The influence. We're right. trying to biblically discern the difference between uh, the influence and then the personal accountability. And then to bring, of course, right. the victory is in Jesus. Absolutely. Hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. <laughs> And man, you got to get on his podcast, uh, Pastor Duke, any podcast platform. And today we're going to open in a word of prayer and then get started. Brother, if you will open us, sir. Help us, O oh Lord, to bring biblical truth to seekers. Uh, Lord, this is in all of our faces. It's in most of our family backgrounds. And we need the discernment of the Holy Spirit to just know, understand our times, understand our own uh, influences godly and ungodly and just draw nigh to you and let you sort it out and fix it help us we pray to be a blessing in jesus name amen amen okay what does the bible say about generational curses the bible mentions generational curses in several places so let's look at it real quick exodus 20 verse 5 you shall not bow down to them nor serve them for i the lord your god am a jealous god visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the the children of the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But what's real interesting, well, let me go here in the 34, seven, uh, Exodus 34, seven, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Then we see here in numbers 14, 18, the Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, but he by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children of the third and fourth generation. Then let's look here in Deuteronomy 5, 9. I'm reading all these for a reason because I'm going to go back and actually read what it says after that. Yeah, when God says something once, it's important. When he says it twice, it's really important. When he says it over and over and over again, it's like, uh, listen here. Yeah, you better pay attention. It's foundational. So Deuteronomy 5, 9. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, and a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Interesting, isn't it? Who hate me. Of those who, who hate, hate me. me. Yeah. And he goes on, but showing mercy to thousands of those who love me mm. and keep my commandments. In Exodus 34, 8, it says... Just jump in here. Yeah, go ahead. Those who hate me curse. Those who love me curse broken. It, and Podcast that was over. <laughs> right. There, it's, it comes down to that. If we, it, right. It's, it's pretty, it, it, it can get simple. In the victory, it gets kind of simple. Yeah. And, and that's really what it comes down to. Because in verse six of Exodus 20, verse six or, or five says, of those who hate me. And then six says, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me, right? And that is, and then in Deuteronomy 5, 9, it says the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. These are the dark, shadowy 
regions of our soul and our environment that have had huge effect upon us. Massive. You know, when you read this, right. do you want to throw another verse? Or I want to jump. No, no, on? go right ahead. Okay. When I see this to third and fourth generation to third and fourth generation, I'm fourth generation. I'm fourth generation of the generational curse, the, the sinful powers that passed. My great grandfather came here as a farmer, uh, emigrated from Hungary, uh, Budapest to Mansfield, Ohio. He was a farmer here. And he found out he could make a whole lot more money making moonshine than he could growing vegetables. <laughs> so he did. Surprise! He raised my. He, he was that. A, listen, that says something about society even way back then. Yeah, the, the human nature has always been the same. Right. So my great grandpa Johann Hergott uh, was a moonshiner, and he raised his uh, six boys to be bootleggers in the days of prohibition. So that's the second generation. My grandfather. And they were good at it, right? <laughs> a lot of money. Then when Prohibition ended, my grandfather went into the liquor business, owned four large nightclubs, Mount Vernon, Ohio, uh, Columbus, Ohio, Mansfield, Ohio, and uh, Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, and his brothers, Uncle Phil, Uncle Pete, uh, also Uncle Nick, all went into the liquor business. And then my father was raised in the liquor business. My first job was a janitor at Ringside Nightclub when I was 14 years old. And Randy the Dandy, the go-go boy who danced topless at my dad's bar, uh, hit on me. I broke two uh, long neck beer bottles on the, this thing, the bar, and went after him when he put his hand down the back of my pants. I was 14 oh. years old. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> so that's my world. That's where I'm coming from. Okay. I, I'm just real. Sin is yeah. real. And I'm in the midst of, I'm fourth generation right. now. And of course the drug culture came in. I jump into that and here I am fourth generation now on my mom's side. This is crazy. This generational thing. My mother's mother, uh, my grandma, Faye, uh, Mosier was a beautiful young woman and uh, she kind of was out on the farm and she got mixed up with some guy in town who was a bartender for my grandfather. And uh, his name was Gummy Lanehart. Gummy was his name. <laughs> Clarence. If your name's Clarence, you went Gummy's a better name than Clarence. And she hooked up Not with this. much. <laughs> she hooked up. He was a drunk. He was a womanizer. And she was beautiful. She went uptown and paid the price. He was the, there was domestic violence against her, right. against her, uh, the three daughters. My mom was raised in the liquor business. Uh, my mom was beautiful, and she hooked up with, uh, she babysat for <laughs> my grandfather, and my dad was the older brother of the my uncle Art, whom she babysat for, and he drove a fast car, and he had a pocket full of money, and my dad was wild. He was kicked out of the home 15 years old for wildness and crime, and, and he hustled, played pool for a living, and my mom got hooked up with him, and she was beautiful. She married the uptown guy. She got pregnant before she was married. Then my sister comes along. My sister was beautiful, and she did the same thing. And so we were third generation on mom's side of insanity and brokenness, fourth generation on my father's side, and we were an absolute family wreck. Right. And, you know, when I say the liquor business and bootlegging, uh, moonshining, liquor business, there's a whole lifestyle that right. comes with oh that. oh and adultery just it's, it's an expensive lifestyle and i don't mean expensive as in 
you got to pay a lot of money to keep it. I mean, expensive and it costs you a lot. Yes. And the alcohol on, uh, that was consumed by my family and then the guilt because our family made a lot of our riches from the sins of, uh, of drunkards who would literally yeah. give their, the money out of their children's mouths to drink at my dad's and grandpa's and uncle's bars. And so there was like this guilt that were there and we were always trying to kind of compensate for that guilt and adultery was everywhere and language was filthy and the craziest, uh, unstable people were in our lives, not just passing through. They were at our well, table. And, and the crazy thing is for you, that was normal. Yeah. See that, say that again. Yeah. And when we live in that, that it becomes normal. We that's don't see, all, we don't see anything wrong with it. That's all we know. Right. It's, it's our world. And my dad would tell these wild stories about when he was growing up and there, I still like those stories, <laughs> but I was a little boy, 10, 12 years old. I want to be like my dad. He'd right. up a cigarette. So, you know, when I'm in seventh grade, I want to be cool. Right. I want to be like my dad. So I light up and then, you know, he had his wild stories. I want to have my wild right. stories. And well, uh, and let's be honest, man. Sin is fun. For a season. For the Bible a says season. the pleasure of sin, but it's for only a yeah. season. And as you said, the price that you pay is horrible. So And it's not it's never ending. Yeah. The, the the price is never ending. And when we when we look at this and we think that you know, God holds the sin to the third and fourth, fifth generation or whatever, we we say, well, that's unfair for God to punish children of the sins of their fathers. But there's a whole lot more to it than it's that. It's not God punishing them. It's just the consequences of the generation. It's the sin. effects of the sin getting passed down from generation to generation. And each generation does what their father did. And the crazy thing is they usually take it to the next level. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this affects politics. This is foundational even in politics where like in the Johnson administration, when I was just a young kid, uh, the, the, was it the new deal, the war on poverty and billions, trillions of dollars have been spent, uh, to stop generational poverty. What has it accomplished? Nothing. Absolutely. Nothing. 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 Because money can't fix this well we we did a podcast way back and i mean way back now i can't even remember how far back but we did it can you legislate morality mm -hmm. yep and you can't no. you cannot legislate morality and doesn't matter okay and then because here's the thing all the laws that are passed by man are passed according to what man feels is moral and so now we have a society that feels like the transgender and LGBTQ community is normal and the Christian community is immoral. I mean, and so you can't legislate morality because you're going on man's ideas of what's right and wrong. Well, what we need to be doing is reading scriptures and going on God's ideas of what's right and wrong. And that's where we are failing miserably. And the reality is, is that, these, these generational curses that we're talking about and sin, and you just gave the perfect example of it, children do what their fathers do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're making my dad proud. And in a sinful way, I swear Well, because we want him to love us, and we yeah, think. Yeah, like, yeah, the wilder I am, the more he'll love me. Yeah. And uh, yet that, that was the only world yeah. that I knew, but I was it was catching up with me. 
You know, I'm like 18 years old. I'm strung out on drugs. I don't know how, how to have relationships with people. I want to have a girlfriend. And I, and I saw my dad's unfaithfulness to my mom, and it crushed my mom. I heard her cry. I used to think, man, I would never want to do to a woman what my dad's doing to my mom. But you did. But I did. And then I looked myself in the mirror, and I didn't like who I saw, and I knew right. something fundamentally right. is wrong inside right. of me, and I didn't know what it was. Isn't that crazy? You you didn't like it, didn't want to do it, but you turned right around and you did it. Yeah. So is that the is that the curse? Uh, no, it's just when we're constantly trying to do things in our own strength, we fail. And it could be just choices. My dad made these choices. He had all these wild stories. I make the same choices. I'll have my wild stories, and yet the, all along on outside, I'm laughing. On the inside, I'm crying. You're dying. I yeah. don't like who I yeah. am. I don't like where I'm heading. And in the drug culture, it was going faster and faster and bigger, bigger dope deals. Yeah. And, longer sentences for getting busted for doing what I was doing every day and the pressure's mounting. And to think now it's all legal. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, so attractive young lady invited me to church. Right. Want to go to church with me? I'm like, go to the dentist with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, God knows how to get our attention. Isn't it, man. Isn't it crazy? Changes everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything. And, and the reason that the scriptures talk about punishing all these generations because all these generations keep repeating the sins of the father. Yeah. And I, I, there's not a, there is not a generational curse in the sense that you're going to pay the price for your parents sin because that's what God does. It's typically because you relive their sins. And so you're just paying the price for what you do. God's foreknowledge of what, the next generation will do is not causative. God isn't right. punishing uh, my grandfather right. because of his of his dad or my father because of his. He's not punishing him. They're just reaping what has been sown. Right. We sow to the uh, we sow to the wind. We reap uh, the whirlwind. And so God uh, didn't make this curse. It's just the nature of sin, right? And it's the nature of children growing up right. admiring their parents, and an unfaithful father will often raise an unfaithful son. But you know what's really cool? Of my dad's unfaithfulness, all three of my brothers and I, by the grace of God, Jesus stepped in, and all right. of us have been faithful to our to our, our brides. So, what? Yeah, what happened too is, for example, you got saved, then you led your brothers to the Lord. They get saved, and all of a sudden, the curse is gone. Yeah, and then my dad got saved. That was really cool. That's huge, right? I can't wait for you to meet my dad, John. You know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really interesting to me, though, as I look around at society and I look at churches, now in the churches, we're, we are seeing that people are blaming every sin uh, as a generational curse, right? Like, oh, they can't help it. They can't help it. They can't help it. And the church itself is forgetting that Jesus is the answer. Yeah. And that they can help it. Um, because what happens is the cure for generational curse has always been repentance. Always. It, it doesn't change. And the minute you repented, it changed. The minute I repented, it changed. The minute someone gets serious about Jesus, the generational curse is gone. There's a reason John and I are pretty impassioned today because we have lived through this. Yeah. And we have experienced on every front. Jesus on every front. Every front. 
there's parts of our testimonies we can't even put up. Okay. You know, it's a shame even speak of those things done in secret. And we, we can't even put this up, but we also have tasted that the Lord is good. Yeah. We have experienced the break, the, the curse of generational sin broken yep. in our lives. Yep. My kids, your kids were brought up so completely different yeah. than how you and I, but were you know, was in, okay. I'm going to share this, uh, shamefully share this, but again, I'm transparent and, and we're doing a podcast because we want people to know just because we're pastors, people, people have a tendency to think that because you're a pastor, you don't understand. Yeah. We've been delivered from some stuff. Oh my goodness. So when I, when we had children and then we moved to New York to start a church, man, the, the, the pressure was on Soviet Republic of New York. Yeah. Right. And, it, and, and they're waiting for you. you <laughs> my prayer. I was too smart to come over on this. So side you're the, the one that I need to blame. <laughs> That's my fault. Um, but so I'm at home, uh, pressures are mounting, you know, stress is mounting and, uh, my blood pressure is going up, but I didn't realize it. So I'm, I'm edgy, don't know why, you know, so on and so forth. And then uh, my one of my daughters uh, made me mad. And my dad used to take, he could, the way he used to do his hand and his finger, and he would support that finger with his thumb, and he would hit me in the forehead. Like to the point where like my head would pop back and I'd sometimes fall down. And it would hurt. And, and so he either hit me in the forehead or the chest. And I mean, bruise it. We didn't get that at our house. We just got a loud cloud to the snow. Yeah, right. So one day um, I'm talking to my daughter and she irritated me. And I was like, what are you thinking? So what's the first thing I did? I did exactly what my dad did. I supported that finger and I popped her in the forehead. And she started crying. And I looked at her and God rebuked me immediately. And I said, I will not be my father. And I hadn't been my father up to that moment. And at that moment, I realized you need Jesus. I need Jesus. I, I got to do it God's way. Right. And so I went to my daughter who at this point I had already sent to her room. I went in there and I asked her forgiveness because I was wrong. Yeah. And man, I prayed, God, don't ever let me be my dad. Because honestly, my dad taught me what kind of dad I didn't want to be. Yeah. And I had to make a decision that day that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to repeat what I grew up in. Those of us who've come from some stuff, I think we, there's, there's a moment in time when something like this is in our face. Yeah. And I remember my wife and before she was my wife asking me, cause she was learning of my background. Mm -hmm. The night she met my dad, he was living with the woman after my mom and dad were divorced 
and uh, she, we come in after church to go to my dad's house, and they were having a terrible fight, man. And there was a, a forty-five uh, loaded, cal- a forty-five revolver caliber revolver sitting on the table, and it flashed around. And we went in the other room, and we could see the gun being pulled out and screaming and yelling. And my wife is like, Joellen's like, "Am I going to marry into this family?" <laughs> Because uh, that's was, that's a real concern. Yes, it was. It was wisdom on her part. Absolutely, so it totally freaked her out. Yeah, and, and I, here they are trying to put on their their best their best uh, face. Yep. And yet this happens. <laughs> it's like welcome to my family. That's and, that's way worse than burning the dinner, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so we had a talk. She Whatever. she asked me point blank because she was learning of all this. She was walking with the Lord. She's only about a year and a half old in the Lord, but she understood about this generational thing. It was freaking her out because, mm-hmm. hey, this, and I looked her in the eye and I said, by the grace of God, my goal is to be 100% opposite of my father. Yeah. And hey, I love my dad. Sure. He loved me. And boy, it all resolved at the feet of Jesus. Not for 22 years later, right. I prayed for dad 22 right. years, but it was broken. But I, there was that moment of time when I, along the way I realized I am my dad. Right. I, I was being unfaithful to my girlfriends, uh, hurting them as my dad was unfaithful to my mom. And I, I knew something was wrong. Now, I, after I got saved, right. I, I still had, that was still my background. That yep. was still my well, dude. Well, that's, that's the thing. Because I'm, look, I'm in New York. I'm starting a church. I'm saved. Uh, Jesus is my savior. And then I do, you know, then I, I, I did exactly what my dad did in a moment of fury. The reality is you're right. Listen, it's in us. You know, I, I, I got into an argument with a guy once and, you know, it's in, it's in me in my past to fight. Mm -hmm. It, It just, it is right. And, uh, you know, I get into an argument while well, the guy got into an argument with me and I was trying to calm him down, but it kept escalating. Right. And then finally I just got in his face and I said, dude, you need to understand this. I love Jesus, but I'll send you to him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I was angry and then I had to, I had to go, okay, John, this isn't who you are anymore. So you were is who I was. I had to check myself yeah. and then we moved on and, and it was good. And I walked away from the situation. But in my past, before Jesus, I wouldn't have walked away. I'd have checked that dude yeah. hard, How? hard. I when I think it's crazy. Of some of your stories. <laughs> I, when I was a when I was a drinker, we were fighters. Then we started smoking weed, and then we kind of chilled, chilled out. out. Love my war. People are going to figure out what background I came from pretty <laughs> pretty quick here. But I mean, when, you know, when you think about it. Uh, that is what we did because that's what we grew up in. And, and I'm just going to tell you the, the cure for generational curses is repentance. If you know, when Israel turned to idols, um, or from idols to serve God, the curse was broken and God saved them. Look here in judges three, nine, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel and delivered them. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, he when they cried out, he delivered them, right? And we see in uh, Judges 3, 15. But when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the, raised, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them. Ehud, the son of Gerah, and it goes on, right? But, it, but he delivered them. In 1 Samuel 12, 10 and 11, they cried out to the Lord and said, we have sinned. Repentance. Oh, 
confession, repentance. You know, we, we get into all the psychology of this and psychoanalyzing your parents. What, you get all the psychoanalysis and you might need some drug therapy. And, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And first of all, that stuff doesn't work. Right. It only makes, they, they blame shift and self-justify. Right. And it suppress. Doesn't work and suppress. And it, it never gets fixed. Right. And, but the feet of Jesus. Right. Confession. And repentance. When right, I right. saw who I was, didn't like it, the Holy Spirit was convicting me of sin of righteousness and judgment. It was a work of God in my heart to set me free from who I was, mm-hmm. where I had been from, to give unto me a, a life more abundantly. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the thing. You're supposed to be the passionate one. I'm the passionate one today, John. I'm a little low-key right now. You because are. You're, you're chilling, man. Because if I don't, <laughs> if I don't check myself, yeah. I will get... We prayed for uh, we prayed for uh, <laughs> spirit before we came on the air because we're fired up today. We want to help people. We've been through it. Amen. Amen. And as pastors, we still go through it through other families. Yes, we do. Trying to deal with it, which we're going to talk about that Constantly. in the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here it says in ten eleven. Then they cried out to the Lord, and he and said. We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord and served the Baals and Asherahs. We have left the Lord and served Satan. But now deliver us from the hand of our enemies and we will serve you. And the Lord sent Jeroboam, Baden, Jephthah, Samuel, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side and you dwelt in safely. See the cycle there? It was, there were 12 judges. It was the same cycle over and over again. Each generation had to face this right each generation and because it just this iniquity of the fathers it's there and it it, it for me and you for you and i <laughs> it i think god used it to help us yeah bring us to jesus absolutely because we looked in the mirror yeah and we didn't like who we were and we needed help and god provided it absolutely and and that's the other thing guys as as you look through this and we talk about generational curse you're going to see that it is repentance. It is recognizing that what you're doing is wrong, stopping and fixing it, and the curse is gone. It's broke. But if we want to blame shift and we want to self-justify, oh my goodness, it's just going to go on yeah. and on and on. Yeah. And and if you're worrying about generational curse, uh, understand that the answer is through Jesus Christ and Jesus only. You know, a Christian is a new creation in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And I love this passage and use it all the time. Excuse me, all the time. It says, therefore, because of everything I just listed, if you were to go back through the previous verses, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, let me get your attention. Behold, all things have become new. Now, what are the all things having become new? It is your thought process. That is it. Your thought process and man, your desires. As a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. Yep. And so what happens is when we when we get saved, uh, then we are saved in Christ and the old passes away. The old desires, the old thought process, the old, uh, all of that is gone. And now Curse we're in the new. Broken. It's broken. It is broken, right? And but But let me say this. If you walk away from Jesus, you'll walk right back into the curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there waiting for you. Uh, that doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. The curse is always on the shelf waiting, like the bottle of liquor waiting on the drunk to come in the bar. Yeah. If it's got their in, name on it. Walk in the spirit, the curse is broken. Walk in the flesh, it's there waiting for you. Uh, and it will never change. And so how can a child of, of God be under God's curse? 
Well, they can't because in Romans 8, 1, it says this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And then it finishes, though, it goes on. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Yeah, you just gave the verse. It gave away my thought there, right? Biblical thinking. Biblical thinking and new right. world, uh, new new spirit within us, right. the Holy Spirit enlightening us. We're yeah. not going to blame shift. We look inward before we look outward. Right. Lord, fix me. Right. And then we don't really worry about the beam that is in our brother's eye because we've, we've taken care of things here. Right. And if somebody's going to be stupid, that's their problem. I'm not under their control. And by the way, a Christian can still be stupid. Oh, uh, yeah. I can prove that. Right. And and that's why I think it says here in eight one, there's no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh. That's stupid. If if you walk in the if flesh. you walk in the flesh, right? But according to the spirit. If you want if you don't want to be condemned and you want the curse gone, you have to walk in the spirit. It's a daily choice, isn't it? it Choose this day whom you will serve. That daily choice. Every day. Today you have to die to yourself and live under the Lord. So the cure for a generational curse is this. Repentance of sin that is in question. Faith in Jesus Christ and a life consecrated to the Lord. In Romans 12, 1 through 2, I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, brethren, because only the Christian can do this, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service baseline it's baseline reasonable so we stand here and we walk in victory from here reasonable yeah. i can't live for jesus because all the do's and the don'ts and life is so hard and by the way only wimps live for jesus it's like you just said you can't do it because it's too hard then you call those who do do it w wimps <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call a switched brain. <laughs> Calling evil good and good evil. It is what it is. Hey, guys, listen. I hope that this podcast has helped you. And I hope that you understand what we're talking about when we talk about generational curse. The, the generations are only cursed because they're not stopping the curse of living the curse that their father has taught them. If you really want to break the generational curse... Then give your life to Jesus Christ. And if you've already done that, then you live for him. And the curse is over. It's broken. Amen. You Amen. will be blessed and those around you will be blessed. Hey, guys, if this has helped you, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next time, God bless. God bless.